Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll also visit with Michael Cannon, who's the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Seton Motley is the president and founder of of less government and uh, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, will bring us up to date on what's happening here locally. It is March the 23rd, and on this day in 1775, during a speech before the Second Virginia Convention, Patrick Henry responded to increasing oppressive British rule over the American colonies by declaring <clears throat> these famous words. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. Following the signing of the American De Declaration of Independence on July the 4th, 1776, Patrick Henry was appointed governor of Virginia by the Continental Congress. The first major American opposition to British policy came in 1765 after Parliament passed the Stamp Act, a taxation uh, measured to raise revenues for a st standing British army in America. Under the banner of no taxation without representation, colonists convened the Stamp Act Congress in October 1765 to vocalize their opposition to the tax. With its enactment on November the 1st, 1765, most colonists called for a boycott of British goods and some organized attacks on the custom houses and homes of tax collectors. After months of protest, Parliament voted to repeal the Stamp Act in March of 1776. Most colonists quietly accepted British rule under Parliament's enactment of the Tea Act in 1773, which granted the East India Company a monopoly on the American tea, tea trade. Uh, viewed as another example of taxation without representation, militant uh, patriots in Massachusetts organized the Boston Tea Party, which saw British tea valued at some 10,000 pounds at the time dumped into the Bo Boston Harbor. Parliament, outraged by the Boston Tea Party and the other blatant destruction of British property, enacted the Coercive Acts, also known as the Intolerable Acts, in the following year. The Coercive Act uh, closed Boston to merchant shipping, established formal British military rule in Massachusetts, made British officials immune to criminal prosecution in America, and required colonists to quarter British troops. <laughs> How oppressive is that? The colonists subsequently called the first Continental Congress to consider a united American resistance uh, to the British. <clears throat> when the other colonies watching intently, uh, Massachusetts uh, led resistance to British, forming a shadow revolutionary government and establishing militias to resist the increasing British military presence across the colony. In April 1775, Thomas Gage, the British governor of Massachusetts, ordered British troops to march to Concord, Massachusetts, where a Patriot arsenal was known to be located. On April 19, 1775, the British regulars encountered a group of American militiamen at Lexington and the first volleys of the American Revolutionary War were fired, uh, best known as the shot heard around the world. Well, according to two law enforcement officers, the grand jury investigating former President Donald Trump for his alleged involvement in a $130,000 payment to an adult film actress, Stormy Daniels, on the eve of 2016 election had been canceled on Wednesday. The grand jury had been meeting on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays to hear evidence related to the payments made to, the, to Daniels. It's unlikely the grand jury will meet for the rest of the week. Don't know why they're not meeting today, but nevertheless, delaying the process into next week, one source said into a business insider. <clears throat> the grand jury deliberations uh, are secret, and prosecutors are per prohibited from discussing what happens during them. The pause in the grand jury's activity follows an unexpected testimony on Monday of Robert Costello, who was allowed to address the grand jurors as the defense, uh, at the defense's request. So it's delayed, but also Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, possible criminal case against former President Donald Trump, may have been disrailed 
according to Harvard Law Professor Emeritus Alan Dershowitz. On Monday, former uh, federal prosecutor Robert Costello testified in front of a Manhattan grand jury over matters related to the $130,000 payment. Uh, Costello told the jury that former Trump attorney Michael Cohen, expected to be Bragg's main witness in the case against Trump, couldn't tell the truth if he put a gun to his head. Dershowitz appeared on uh, uh, television uh, on Tuesday night, told host Sean Hedity that Bob Costello has changed this case dramatically. I think that Bragg now only has two possible results from that. Number one, he can say, all right, I'm going to try to make the case without Cohen. He can, uh, cannot use Cohen as a witness anymore. That would be unethical because of the testimony that Costello gave, Dershowitz said. Or he could say, look, <clears throat> I have to drop the case. He may not be able to make it without Cohen, but if he can't make it without Cohen, he can't make it because no ethical prosecutor is allowed to put on the witness stand, somebody who has told the lies and contradicted himself so much. So the operative word there, of course, is ethical, and Alvin Bragg seems to be unethical to me, but we'll see how this plays out. Bragg is investigating Trump over the alleged hush money payment the former president made, of course, to Stormy Daniels, or, or is alleged to have made, because testimony indicates that he didn't know anything about it. Uh, Cohen was later investigated by federal agents over the hush money payments. He went to Costello for legal counsel and advice, and the two men spent hours meeting and talking over the phone. In August 2018, Cohen pleaded guilty to eight charges involving tax evasion, fraud, and campaign finance violations related to the payment to Daniels, and another payment made to former Playboy model Karen McDougal, who also is alleged to have an inappropriate relationship with Trump. Cohen has said he made the payments at Trump's direction, Trump has denied that claim and the allegations of the two women who accused him of infidelity. Costello told the grand jury on Monday that Cohen had said that the hush money payments were his idea, not Trump's. Uh, Costello also lambasted prosecutors for cherry-picking evidence to show the grand jury that gave a false view of what actually happened. They seemed clearly one-sided, not after the truth, Costello told the New York Times afterwards. While it's unclear what actual charges Bragg may pursue, the legal pathway towards getting to the indictment is complicated, and according to Politico, Bragg's case likely involves testing a novel th legal theory that New York law classifies falsifying business records as a felony, and the uh, records were falsified to cover up a federal crime, which is the case uh, would be a campaign finance crime similar to what Cohen pleaded guilty to. Wow, how complicated. Dershowitz said that Costello's testimony has, at the very least, slowed Bragg's movement towards any uh, potential indictment, if not halted it altogether. I think that Bob Costello is a game changer. I think that that's maybe the reason for the delay here. I think ethical experts are now telling Bragg, wait a minute, you can't use Cohen, because uh, if you can't use it, do it without Cohen, you cannot bring the charge. <clears throat> so, dissension in the uh, DA's office in New York. Uh, clearly, there's no crime here. And if he pursues it, I think it will only strengthen the resolve of, of Trump and increase his popularity and support from the public, in my opinion. Well, the Federal Reserve on Wednesday enacted a quarter percentage point interest rate increase, expressing caution about the recent banking crisis and indicating that hikes are nearing an end. Well, along with its ninth hike since March 2022, the rate-setting Federal Open Market Committee noted that the uh, future increases are not assured and will depend largely on incoming data. The wording from the committee uh, statement is a departure from previous statements, which indicated ongoing increases would be appropriate to bring down inflation. Stocks initially rose with the Fed's decision, but ended up uh, the day getting creamed. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 530 at the end of the day. Not a happy day for investors. Well, while comments uh, Fed Chair Joan Powell made during the news conference were taken to mean that the central bank may be nearing the end of its rate hiking cycle, he qualified that inflation fight isn't over. The process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go and is likely to be bumpy, the central bank leader said. Also, Powell acknowledged 
uh, that recent events in the banking system were likely to result in tighter credit conditions and was likely uh, why the central bank's tone had softened. The increase uh, takes the benchmark federal funds rate to a 4.75 to 5% range. Uh, the rate sets what banks charge each other for overnight lending, but feeds through its multiple consumer debt like mortgages, auto loans, and uh, credit cards. The statement eliminated all references to the impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Markets have been closely watching the decision, which came with a high degree of uncertainty uh, than is uh, typical for federal moves. The Personal Consumption Expenditures uh, Price Index, a favored inflation gauge for the Fed, rose 0.6% in January and was up 5.4% from a year ago. So bad news on inflation. And while big banks are considered well-capitalized, according to Janet Yellen, smaller institutions have faced liquidity crunches due to the rapidly increasing interest rates and have made otherwise safe long-term investments lose value. Uh, uh, Silicon Valley, for instance, had to sell bonds at a loss, triggering a crisis of confidence. Nearly 190 banks are at risk of collapse amid high interest rates and declining asset values. That according to a study by a team of university researchers released earlier this month. The Fed and other regulators stepped in with emergency measures that seem to have stemmed immediate funding concerns, but worries linger over how deep the damage is going to be uh, to regional banks. At the same time, recession concerns persist as the rate increases their way through the economic plumbing. So interesting to me. Uh, banks are on the verge of collapse in many cases. <laughs> Nothing to see here, says Janet Yellen, but... Uh, hey, you raise the interest rate another quarter percent, this creates much more stress on the reserves for banks of all sizes. So uh, really, there's no place to go on this. I think ultimately, I think the Fed is going to capitulate and they don't want to see the banks fail. So they're probably going to have to put up with more inflation and ease off on these interest rate increases. <clears throat> Well, while the border remains a total disaster, the Biden administration spends about $130,000 per day, nearly $50 million a year to do nothing with former President Donald Trump's unused border wall materials. The administration pays private landowners to store 20,000 unused border wall sections at 20 project sites. Other costs associated with the storage of the, bottle, uh, the border wall materials include security cameras, electrical and stormwater materials, and overhead lights. Republican Senate Armed Forces Committee members sent a letter to the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Homeland Defense and Hemispheric Affairs, Melissa Dalton, detailing the situation. Can you believe that? $3 million a day is what we're spending, with all these costs included, just to keep the border wall stored. Seems to me they could put the border wall up <clears throat> and... Uh, decrease uh, the illegal immigration that's occurring here in the United States. <clears throat> Secretary Mayor uh, Mayorkas is the chief architect of the immigration drug invasion at our southern border. His policies have incentivized more than 5 million illegal aliens to show up at our southern border, an all-time figure, Begg said in a prepared statement. Uh, they, he should be impeached. Mayorkas. $3 million a day we're paying just to let that off. Fence sit idle. Meanwhile, if we installed it, the cost would go away. And guess what? Uh, our southern border security would be much stronger. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by internationalhealthplans.com. If you're planning on traveling abroad, maybe you should be aware that most health insurance plans don't cover international travel, and you want to make sure you can travel with confidence and know you'll be taken care of if there's an accident or some sort of illness. So visit the website, internationalhealthplans.com, internationalhealthplans.com. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with... Bill Barnett, the former mayor of Naples. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, always a pleasure, Bob. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Pastor Rick. And your organization is doing so much good right now to support the increase in uh, effectiveness of public education. Uh, it's uh, First of all, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance just really tries to be the voice of parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles all across Florida to help bring about changes, improvements in our K-12 education system. We hear from parents about things, and so we take action. We go to the legislature when something needs to be changed at that level. We work on the local level when that's the best way. And we really try to empower parents and the people that love students, even empower teachers, because teachers get squeezed on some of this stuff, sure. help bring about the good kind of things that, that we all care about so our kids can actually learn how to read and do math and succeed in their education. Not that the left isn't taking pot shots <laughs> at the good work that you're doing. <laughs> but nevertheless, I mean, I understand today is a big day for you. Yes, today is, looks like it's going to be the, the final step on the legislation we've been tracking since it was first filed. We had heard about it before it was filed. We were pretty confident it was going to happen. People were a little tight-lipped at that point. But HB1 was filed in the Florida House. It's an education savings account bill. What it essentially does is it changes the mechanism for providing education for children in Florida from funding systems to funding students. Hmm. Under this law, parents will have the opportunity to send their child or to arrange the education opportunity at home, if they like, for their child, and the state will help them pay for it. They will not be required to go to the public school down the street if there's a better choice that they like for their student and that they want to choose for their student. So the bill passed the House. That was pretty easy. We, we were involved in that process from the beginning. We think we were instrumental in getting some improvements to the bill, and we were really pleased with that. 
Now the bill is before the Senate because the House passed it and sent it to the Senate. The Senate had a bill of its own, but essentially what they've done is take up the House bill, and it's on the calendar for Senate floor action today. So we expect that sometime today, probably this afternoon, from what I was able to tell, that the Senate will vote to approve this education savings account bill, and it will go to the governor, where we have every confidence the governor will sign it. We've worked with people in his office through this process as well. And this will be a big day for parents and the students all across Florida, because this will take effect this summer. I think it's going to be July 1st. And so the options for parents will be huge going forward. We, we are very excited about the possibilities here. Oh, this, this is very exciting. It's, uh, we can create school choice opportunities. Uh, instead of being caught up in a system of public education on government schools, uh, parents are going to have a real say about how their kids are going to be educated. It's just so possible. The, the one concern I have is uh, how will parents find out about these opportunities? Well, that's a, that's a very good question. You're, you're not the first person to ask that. It is often difficult for parents to find out about these things. We will do our best to help parents know what's going on. As soon as we know more details about how parents can participate, we'll be involved in that, trying to get parents the information they need. But it is difficult. The, the legislature passes these bills and, and governors sign them into law. But there's not really, in most cases, a good mechanism to communicate that to parents. And so we're going to do our best to do that. Word of mouth will be huge. And, and I hope that everybody who hears about this will sh share it with their friends and their neighbors, because when, what you don't know about can't help you. It's the same with the Hope Scholarship. Yeah. We had so much trouble getting the word out on that. But we're going to do our best. And we think parents will, will pick up on this very quickly. And I'm sure you can count on the support of the uh, teachers unions to uh, help spread the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not so sure about that. But interestingly enough, that some of the people that we thought would oppose this didn't really step up strong on it because I think they realized it was going to happen. Yeah. And so they've started to pivot to what we think they should have done all along. And that's step up to make the improvements we've been asking them to make all along. So we'll see. Uh, this is just also very exciting, Pastor Rick. And I know uh, this is an achievement not only for the state of Florida, but also for the Florida Citizens Alliance and the great work that you're doing. Any other good scoop? Well, it's, not, it's a good scoop in kind of a bad way. You may have heard about the uh, Dragon Donuts after-school program that was going to take place in Boone High School in Orlando. Now, we hear about these kind of things sometimes from California and think, That'll never happen in Florida. Yeah. But this was legitimately announced as an after-school program. But parents heard about it. Our friends at the Florida Family Policy Council put the word out. They heard about it because it was local to them. Their headquarters is in Orlando. And parents responded quickly. And even, thankfully, we should all be glad, the Department of Education in Tallahassee called the school district and said, not so fast, this is not a good idea. Who could have ever imagined anyone thinking this was a good idea. Talk about bad judgment in terms of kids to have dragon donuts with mama Rose as an after school program at a Florida high school. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. <clears throat> and yet <clears throat> you read about the protests from the left saying that, uh, trying to, this is a censoring and we shouldn't have this kind of thing going on. It's just unbelievable how anybody could defend this kind of behavior on the part of in, in public schools. Well, it is. And, and this is the kind of thing that parents run up against all the time when schools make decisions and then they aren't responsive. And it's why parents get really frustrated. That's one of the reasons HB1 is so good, this education savings account bill, because parents can say, OK, I'm done. Bye. I'll find another pl place. I'll find another way to help my child have a better education. Yeah. And, and that may help improve a lot of things across Florida. We hope so. We think it will. Absolutely. Well, again, I encourage our listeners to support the Florida Citizens Alliance. Very robust website. I hope you check it out. It's goflca.com. Goflca.com is the website. And while you're visiting the website and learning a lot, you can also make a donation and support this terrific organization. GoFLA goflca.com. Pastor Rick, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Always glad to talk to you, Bob. Thank you. My pleasure indeed. Thank you, Pastor Rick. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Michael Cannon. He is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. 
tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with the Hodges University Wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the Wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Optima Foundation. Optima Foundation is presenting its inaugural Education Freedom Gala. That's happening on Sunday evening, March the 26th. It's going to be an evening with Greg Gutfeld. It's been a great time. And Greg Gutfeld is a big supporter of school choice and charter schools. It's going to be at the Ritz-Carlton at Naples, Tiburon. And a cocktail reception at 6, followed by dinner and a program. And again, it's going to feature Greg Gutfeld, as long as our own Byron Donalds, our congressman, and, and others as well. So it's going to be a terrific evening. And I hope you check it out at optima.foundation, optima.foundation. And uh, just click on events. You'll get all the information. We have with us uh, Michael Cannon. He is Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be back, Bob. Thank you, Michael. Tell us about the Cato Institute. We are a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. We uh, advocate the principles of individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peace. And in health policy, which is my area, what that means is we want government to respect your most important health care right, which is the right to make your own health decisions. Absolutely. A great organization. Cato.org is the website. C-A-T-O.org. So, Michael, we've got a lot of moving parts right now going on in the government. I understand that Medicare is uh, being affected by and Medicare Advantage. Uh, Maybe you could tell us about it. Sure. So Medicare Advantage, as most of your listeners probably know, is a part of Medicare where instead of writing checks to doctors and hospitals, the federal government writes checks to insurance companies, and then they provide health insurance to Medicare enrollees. <clears throat> About 50% of Medicare enrollees are in a private Medicare Advantage plan. Uh-huh. And what the budget crunchers, uh, what the green eye shades in Washington and elsewhere have learned is that when an enrollee moves from traditional Medicare into Medicare Advantage, it ends up costing taxpayers more, hmm. about 6% more. And the reasons for that are really interesting. But what the buy, but it's, it's not clear that this is providing those enrollees better health care. Um, and the Biden administration has proposed cuts to Medicare Advantage that would uh, tamp down on some of the, some of the really – Shady sorts of things, some people call it abuse, some people call it fraud, that the private insurance companies are doing Mm -hmm. to inflate the payments that they get from Medicare when that person moves over. And that's what the big fight is about. That's the ads that you've seen during the Super Bowl and on television all the time are about, and 
probably some radio ads and internet um, uh, uh, ads, mailers that seniors are getting. The insurance companies and even doctors who also make money off of Medicare Advantage, they are trying to inundate the Biden administration and Capitol Hill with all sorts of letters and messages saying, stop these cuts. Uh, the insurance companies want to keep making as much money off the taxpayers as they are right now. So do the doctors. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to rally seniors uh, to help them. So I understand that uh, costs are going up, but does this affect the consumer? In other words, will seniors be affected by the changes that Biden is pushing for? Yes. One of the legitimate arguments that the insurance companies make is if you cut Medicare Advantage payments, government payments to private insurance companies under Medicare Advantage, then they will have less money to give things to seniors, less money for things like optional benefits like vision or dental, uh, less money for, uh, to use to reduce premiums for Medicare Advantage plans. Mm-hmm. And there's, the insurance companies, of course, are exaggerating the impact of, of those cuts. But here's the thing, Bob. We have to cut Medicare. We cannot keep spending the money that we are spending. Uh, we cannot keep the promises that the government has made to current and future Medicare enrollees. The federal government is running a $1.3 trillion deficit. We cannot keep doing that. Medicare is the main reason why federal deficits are growing and the national debt is growing at such a rapid pace. And if we don't cut Medicare, then what's going to happen is we're going to uh, run into – we're either going to need crippling tax rates that that destroy economic growth, which makes it harder to fund Medicare benefits, or we're going to run into something like a Greek-style debt crisis where there's going to have to be massive cuts all at once rather than smaller cuts up front. Uh, and, and that's going to be even worse for seniors. It's going to be worst of all for people who are enrolled in Medicaid, including millions of seniors, because Medicaid is a program for the poor, and those usually get cut before a universal program for, for well-to-do uh, yeah. elderly people like Medicare. So... Uh- in, you know, whenever you have a third-party payer, uh, for example, when you have uh, government loans paying the colleges, you see the prices go up. Same thing happens with a third-party payer, and that would, of course, be the United States government uh, <clears throat> paying for paying for hospital bills and paying for uh, doctors causes costs to go up. I mean, I, I think you say that that's probably true. How, is there any way we can cut the government out of the deal? There is, and it's absolutely true what you're saying. Uh, third-party payment, excessive insurance generally, or excessive insurance causes prices to rise. So uh, Medicare supporters laud the program for subsidizing health care for seniors, uh, uh, insulating seniors from the cost of medical care, but it has actually caused prices to rise so that it makes itself seem necessary in that way. And the way to fix this program is to model it on Social Security. Social Security just gives you a check. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell you how to spend it. The government doesn't have to manage uh, an entire sector of the economy. It doesn't have to set prices for billions of transactions every year. Medicare or Social Security just gives seniors a check, gives them money, and trusts them to spend it. And if we did the same with Medicare, there would be a huge boost to uh, seniors' Social Security checks. On average, it would add $1,000 a year to those checks. And then seniors could spend that extra $1,000 on the health insurance that they want. Health insurance that, um, that includes their doctor, health insurance that provides them electronic medical records and conveniences so they can check their lab tests online and not even go to the doctor if, if it's not necessary to be there in person. Yeah. I mean, I think and that's... A- Go ahead. That would cause that would cause a massive uh, reduction in the prices that doctors and hospitals charge for healthcare, which is the most important thing that we can do to bring healthcare within reach of people who are struggling to afford it right now, and that happens because of price consciousness. That reform would make seniors conscious of the price of medical care in a way that they just aren't when a third-party payer, like an insurance company or government, are paying. 
It would also empower seniors to make their own choices. I mean, uh, fortunately, Linda and I, thank God, have uh, pretty good health. We'd end up probably buying and buying a catastrophic health care plan that would cover everything up to, you know, uh, after twenty thousand or ten thousand dollar deductible. Uh, certainly, we wouldn't uh, want to have uh, the, the catastrophic costs covered, but uh, and then we'd buy some sort of a health savings account so that we could uh, accumulate money tax free in order to pay for the bills uh, for the deductibles. That would be our choice. But somebody else might want to make a different choice and have all costs covered. They could do that as well. And Social Security allows you to do that already. <clears throat> the Medicare program needs to do the same. And once that happens and we see prices falling uh, in the, in, uh, across the health care sector, yeah. then Congress will realize, wait a second, we could have been providing health care to seniors at a much lower cost than, than Medicare, and we don't need the checks to be as high as they are. We can reduce the amount, the growth in Medicare spending, Yeah, and then seniors will still have the same access to care that they, that they do now or even access to better care than they have right now. I think that is the most promising way to reduce wasteful Medicare spending and help to reduce, reduce the impact that Medicare is having on the national deficit and debt. Well, the other thing, it'd be patient-centric. So in other words, the patient would be starting to shop for services because, you know, in a sense, they'd be spending their own money. And uh, I think that alone would drive down the cost of uh, services coming from hospitals as well as doctors. I think it absolutely would. And there's even evidence at the macro scale that per, medic, per enrollee spending in Medicare grows faster than per enrollee spending in Social Security. Yeah. And there are two reasons for that. One of them is the, the, the patients aren't cost conscious, and so producers can raise their prices in Medicare. Yeah. And the other reason is that all those producers have an incentive to lobby the government to make sure those prices stay high, and Medicare pays those, uh, those excessive prices. You don't get that in the markets for the other things that people spend their Social Security checks on because the uh, Social Security recipients are price conscious and the people, the, the industries they spend their checks on don't have the incentive to go and lobby the government to jack up the prices for their stuff because they can't be sure that these price-sensitive seniors are going to spend that money on them. They may decide to spend it on uh, you know, uh, other forms of housing or entertainment or or consumption. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting, Michael. I'd love to see this idea advanced because everybody wins, everybody except for the federal government. Uh, uh, we, we would all be better off without uh, these government programs. I uh, really appreciate your commentary here in the show. The, the website, again, is cato.org, C-A-T-O.org. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. You bet. Anytime, Bob. Take care. You too. Thank you so much. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University.
Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Times they're changing and trends in funeral services are no exception. The traditional somber, formal affair marking one's passing is transitioning into a celebratory event where family and friends can gather in more casually in a relaxed setting that incorporates the comforts of home. Each of issues is unique. We're all made up of little details that makes us different and irreplaceable. At Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens, there are many details that set them apart, differences you'll find nowhere else. Hodges Funeral Home at Memorial Gardens offers flexible chapel and event space, a modern funeral home, a celebration of life center, cremation options, and a 100% service guarantee. Call Hodges Funeral Home at Naples Memorial Gardens at 239-597-3101. That's 239-597-3101. Or visit the website DignityMemorial.com. That's www.DignityMemorial.com. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And, uh, you know, you should uh, check out the website, find out more, but also get tickets. Uh, the website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government, a terrific organization doing whatever it can to encourage the reduction in the size of government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Did I get it right? Is that pretty much your mission? Yeah, I, we're, <clears throat> you know, it's it, the size, scope, and sphere of influence is how I phrased it. Phrase yeah. it. It's just... It's not just, you know, it's the size, it's what they're doing. You know, if, if they're only doing one thing, but they're doing way too much of it, that's a problem. Uh, yeah. If they're doing lots of things and they're doing too much of all those things, that's a problem. But yeah, it's, it's you know, the reason we're having all the societal fights we're having now is because government has become so huge, it's crowded people in the little corners. And whereas before with smaller government, you had room to, you know, that's why the freedom of association and the First Amendment is so important. Yeah. You had room to move around. You had elbow room. And if if you didn't get along with somebody, you weren't crammed into a corner with them by government. You had the room to separate yourselves and say, okay, uh, we don't agree, and I'm going to go this way, and you're going to go that way, and there's no more ways to go anymore. That's so true, and I'll. T- <laughs> well, uh, nevertheless, uh, keep up the good fight. You wrote a piece yeah, in lessgovernment.org. It's called "Crime Waves: SVB, Elon Musk Attacks, and Arco Tyranny Incarnate." Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, an arco tyranny is a term invented in the 1990s. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember the person who coined it. The man, I think his name was Roger or something. But anyway, the the what he was describing and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse since he coined it is it's a combination of anarchy and tyranny wherein for example street crimes are not prosecuted Mm -hmm. there's no there's you know there's there's no bail set for for murderers and rapists and arsonists and thieves and they're just let back out on the streets that's anarchy Let's preface all this by saying human nature dictates that in most cases with most people, if faced with a choice, a singular choice between total anarchy and tyranny, they'll choose tyranny. Right. 
because they want to be able to walk in their streets and not get robbed and not get shot and want to send their school kids to safe schools. And so they'll take a tyrant that locks that down. So how do, how do, how do the uh, leftists get to tyranny? They first foment anarchy yeah. to get people begging for tyranny. And that's what we see with all these. That's what that's the entire thinking behind George Soros funding these district attorneys that don't prosecute crimes or real crimes, you know, regular crimes. You think DAs exist to prosecute right. rape and robbery and murder and all these things. And while, you know, meanwhile, while, of course, there's also a cronyism component. While while this New York, this Manhattan district attorney is letting, you know, he's, he's decreased uh, felony prosecutions by over 50%. Meanwhile, he's trying to resurrect a seven-year-old misdemeanor against Donald Trump. Yep. And he's letting folks uh, out of jail. He's letting folks that have already committed crimes and shortening their sentences and letting them out of jail. Right. right. And meanwhile, <laughs> trying to indict Donald Trump for a misdemeanor, which isn't even a misdemeanor, because now it appears that Michael Cohen took a loan for that uh, payoff to Stormy Daniels and never got paid back. Right, so it wasn't even Trump's. Well, money. in fact, he he <laughs> didn't even he didn't even know about it. Well, no, Cohen was trying to f- uh, foster goodwill from Trump. Yeah, so he thought, oh, I'll take care of this unilaterally, and you know he'll be very appreciative. Yeah, and I think the fact that Trump hadn't done anything about it until then spoke to the fact that he had no intention of doing anything about it. And Cohen kind of hung himself out on a limb, uh, and, and 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 left himself dangling. Right. Um, so anyway, this this is whatever whatever happened there. It's not a crime. Right. And 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 it's not you know he, he he's even stuck with a misdemeanor now, which statute of limitations ended five years ago. So this is the kind of what we're we're dwelling on with this particular case. But that's the kind of anarcho tyranny we're talking about. Right. It's. Letting letting years of Antifa and BLM riots go virtually unprosecuted, and put and trying to arrest a thousand people from January sixth. Unbelievable. It, that's that's <coughs> anarcho tyranny, and and I, I point to the Federal Trade Commission as an entity that's engaging in this. Lena Khan is the head of the FTC, and again, there's a cronyism component to all this. Uh, you prosecute your en- your enemies and you and you leave your friends alone. And you know who? How do you get friends in D.C.? Either buy a dog or donate money. <laughs> and the 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 uh, big one of the examples I use is the big four airlines: United, Delta, Air American, and Southwest. Far and away, I mean, they they have like eighty four percent of the market share between the four of them. They donate a lot of money. So when number six and number seven, Spirit and JetBlue, try to get together, which, by the way, would form an airline combined that's one less than one-third the size of number four Southwest. Uh-huh. So it w- they're trying to compete, but it, even then it wouldn't really be a competition. But they're trying to compete by combining, and the FTC is trying to block it. Why? Because the big four dominate D.C. the way they dominate the marketplace, and they give money to everybody. And the FTC doesn't try to break up the big four. They go after number six and seven. Huh. You know, it's just, it's just, then, of course, speaking of anarcho-tyranny, the leftists want to legalize crack and heroin and want to outlaw tobacco. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, that's, that's another example of anarcho-tyranny in my, in my estimation. I'm not – I'm an ex-musician. I'm not a libertarian on this issue. But I must say, I, Satan – I don't think we – I, I think your explanation really clarifies and gives perspective on what's really going on right now. And I, I think it's uh, really appreciate uh, what you're saying here. I'm going to encourage our listeners to go to your website, lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay 
tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and they know the policies. Well, they just help prepare your elected officials to win in the legislature. And to find out more, terrific website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, it's always a pleasure. Uh, can't say enough about being on the Bob Harden show for the last, gosh knows how many years. <laughs> you know, I think it, I think it's more. It's probably like fifteen years. It might be. I'll tell you what. I remember being young once and still being on the Bob Harden show. <laughs> so, any good scoop? What's happening here locally? <clears throat> yeah, you know, council has been very, very. Busy Beavers. They they dealt some more with the uh, with the uh, drag queen uh, gay pride at the beginning of this week. They uh, spent hours and hours on it. Uh, they had people from all over the place in that chamber's rude, um, ugly, uh, nasty. I would say, you know, if I was sitting up there where the council members were and listened to some of that, I'm not so sure I would put up with it, but. Um, hmm. they, they were just, um, I'll tell you, I, 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 um, it baffles me. Um, and, and basically what I'm saying is, you know, that we've had the gay pride parade now since 2017. Now it's about the drag queens. Okay. And, um, some of the things that they do, uh, which are not, um, uh, conducive to having kids around. And I understand that. Um, and so, they finally reached an agreement um, that they would have the gay pride and that they would not do the, the drag drag queen stuff. So they, they, and, and, and pride, gay pride had decided to do that so that it would work out for everybody. So that was a, you know, that was a good thing. They finally came to a compromise. So, so Bill, but, help, um, help me understand this. Now, if they, they have the right to, to have a parade, they could certainly get a per, per, permit to do that. And the drag, right. the drag show, I mean, right. I know in Florida at another location, I've forgotten exactly where now, uh, they had a drag show with kids there, and they, they revoked their liquor license. I think it was a Hyatt someplace, maybe in Orlando. Right. So right. Um, I mean, why not just apply those rules? You can have a drag show if, if only adults are there. But uh, you can't have kids around. 
Right, right, and and I think that's what they're that's what they're doing. They're going to have it in a closed place and and what have you. But the, but they can, pride can still have their yeah. their their parade and their festivities and everything. So, um, it, so it worked out. But um, yesterday was uh, was very interesting because they got back on the airport yesterday, uh-huh. and they're talking about hiring an attorney, okay, to represent them. Uh, council um, to find out what, what what's going on and how they can slow down, how they can stop the noise, how they can perhaps move the airport. Um, this firm, Bob, charges um, $1,000 an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and they're going around about, uh, uh, they, they, they want a, uh, an engagement letter um, and, um, I just I sat there in amazing at home watching this, and you of all people, Bob, because you've been around as long as I have, or been on the show for 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 so many years. We've been through all this before. Yep. Where are you going to move the airport to? Okay, um, uh, and the old don't put it over my house. You know, it's okay over there, but don't put it over my house. And they're going back over the same things, and they brought up the fact that. In um, 2006, I mean, 1996-1997, um, a big step was made there. Uh, they didn't want to give me any credit, uh, but they did mention that um, they uh, um, they had reached an agreement and the Stage 2 jets were stopped. Well, I was right in the middle of that one with, with former Mayor Ned Putzel, yep. my mentor. And... Uh, they they said that and now they I don't I just don't know what they're looking for but they they just uh, they were on a rampage yesterday and um, so they're going to go hire their own attorneys they know that the airport has attorneys and uh, that is, that will certainly take issue and say exactly why you can't the FAA is the one that controls the flight paths okay so I I really and truly don't know what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure the public does either, but it's interesting to watch. I can tell you that. Well, and of course, uh, what happens is that people start talking behind the potted palms and start getting developing energy around the topic, and that's how it, uh, it escalates right. again. But in my mind, I mean, if you're in the flight patterns of uh, you live in the flight patterns of the airport, you're not going to be able to move the airport. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a silly idea. So, I mean, the only thing you could do is maybe influence uh, flight patterns a, a right. little bit. But other than that, hey, you if you live in the air in the uh, in the uh, area of the flight patterns, uh, either sell your home and move someplace where that's not happening, or enjoy your home with with the airplanes f- f- flying over. And the old the old story, Bob. The airport was there before you were. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you know. Um, <laughs> People don't don't realize that. I mean, that airport's been there since I think 1952, something like that. But I mean, um, a lot of years and has made a lot of progress. And um, uh, but they feel it's reached capacity. And what are you going to do about it? And uh, I mean, gosh, I remember having having to control the crowd. They were so unruly one time. We had to ask people to leave. Right. Uh, during my my tenure, when we were having those airport battles, but but all in all, the airport authority has done a done a good job. The people we put on that airport authority, there are people. Yeah. And they have done a good job, and they do the best that they can. I mean, they're trying. You know, look, everybody would like to hear not hear a plane come over. Of course. But um, uh, it is the way it is, and there are a lot of people that use that airport, as you well know. Port Royal sent a letter. I know we're on short on time, but send a letter that was hand-delivered to city council yesterday that Jenna Heidemann, who's the uh, executive director of the club, read to them yesterday about how Port Royal did not, was not in favor of hiring this attorney's firm that cost uh, Long Island and up there millions and millions of dollars and ended up in a stalemate with, uh, I guess it was Islip Airport or one of the airports up there. And, uh, And council just ignored them. Too much. They just, they just went on and did what they wanted to do. So there's always something going on, Bob. I'll tell you that. There sure is. Again, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. Always appreciate the good scoop you bring us each each week, Bob. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, you have a good one. Take care. You Bye. as well. Thank you so much, Bill.
wanted to remind you that uh, uh, Wednesday through Saturday evenings, 4 to 8 p.m., uh, Lulabee's Diner is serving dinner, and it's uh, really terrific. We tried it, and the food is just terrific. The Chef Richie just creates great uh, food, whether it's comfort food or salmon snapper group or whatever it might be. But visit uh, Lulabee's Diner, and not only serving great breakfast and lunch, but now dinner Wednesday evening through Saturday, uh, 4 to 8 p.m. <clears throat> well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Tomorrow we're going to visit with William Yateman, a senior legal fellow, uh, with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Larry Bell is endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. Ellen Prager is an ocean scientist. She'll be joining us. I want to get her opinion on what's happening with this uh, stuff that's coming uh, our way. What am I thinking of now? Well, 5,000 miles wide. I think you know what I'm speaking of. So we'll talk to her about that as well. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.